The Sports Career Podcast, episode 172. What's it take to pursue a career as a sports therapist? Hello, Sports Achiever. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. And one quick question. Out of interest, are you part of the Sports Industry Mastermind Group? This is a group I created on Facebook, which is all about helping people grow a global network in the sports industry by connecting with like-minded people. If this is something you're interested in, go to education2sport.com forward slash FB and you can be part of the group and it will be great to see you there. Now, as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career as a sports therapist. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Tilly Milberton. Tilly is a sports therapist and the founder of Specialist Sports Therapy, where she specialises in sports-specific strength and conditioning, sports massage and injury rehabilitation. On that note, it's such a privilege to have Tilly as a special guest on the show, and that's when today's episode, Tilly will share her sports grid journey and explain to you what it takes to pursue a career as a sports therapist. Tilly, it's such a pleasure to have you on this podcast show. Please can you share to the listeners your sports career journey? When did it all start? Yeah, okay. So I've always been a person that's been in and around sports, Ed. Um, you know, I've competed for county in athletics. Uh, I was quite a keen runner. I played football, basketball, all of the other things. So a, a, a sporting life has always been something that I've done. Um, but then I turned it into a career probably 2016 um, and I've never ever looked back um, you know when you're so passionate and enthusiastic about something it doesn't feel like a job out of interest go, just going back to 2016 did you stud, start studying sport with regards to a university to then pursue that career could you just go into a lot more detail in that pivot from that athlete to what you know what what sort of career options there are off the pitch if that makes sense yeah sure so um originally I'd always found myself leading towards kind of a different career because I thought if I married up sports as a job I thought would I fall out of of love with it um, and lose the passion to compete so originally I'd only ever engaged or studied sports courses and things like that to, to develop myself better as an athlete um, but it was only until I suffered quite a, a career change and injury that I had to change paths um, which is, is is kind of a bit further on in the podcast so I won't go too far but um, yeah it was it was after an injury in 2016 when I thought actually you, you can no longer compete let's let's turn your passion into something that you you would love to do for others if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But there's one question I do want to ask. When you were competing, what certain topics did you study to improve your game out of interest? So I looked at a lot of um, biomechanics because I've always been, I've always found that I wanted to be a step ahead. Um, and it was quite clear to me that people weren't performing well because they were working so out of balance 
um, i.e. somebody would be very strong up the upper body, um, but then their lower body was very lame almost. You would see that they just wouldn't fire out of the sprinting blocks as fast as I could. And it was then where I thought, actually, how can you develop yourself better by creating the overall figure of an athlete? Um, so I was a complete and utter bookworm. Um, we've got a few doctors and GPs that are very good family friends. And every time I saw them, I was like, tell me about muscles. Tell me about tendons. What do I need to do to protect them? I never want to get injured. And um, yeah, so that's 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 it, basically. So just after 2016, could you just fill in the gaps for the listeners of that next career path? What area from a sort of industry perspective did you find interesting for you to pursue a career in? For me, I felt um, I went down the sports therapy route rather than a physiotherapy route um, because with that, you, you, I am more sports orientated. Um, I find myself much more knowledgeable in a sporting industry and have the ability to help somebody across the sports or fitness world that doesn't mean that I can't necessarily help um, other types of injuries because obviously I treat any injury whether it happened I don't know you fall over in a supermarket or on a football pitch it's the same injury Um, it's just how we rehab it that's different Um, so that's why particularly I went down the sports therapist route would you mind explain the difference because in an email I sent you beforehand I thought they're very you know the same and they're not could you just explain to the listeners the difference between a physiotherapist and a sports therapist if that's cool with you yeah so um I can give you my my best explanation on it (laughs) um so the the big difference which I like to always express to people the difference between myself and a physiotherapist is that if you imagine a physio can work within a hospital environment so actually sometimes those guys can be working with some very very sick people i.e if somebody's had um for instance a heart operation so major heart surgery it's they to give a cardiac rehabilitation and that patient's actually really quite sick um, so they can work with those types of people. They can work with um, a, a lady that's, you know, carrying a child, for instance, and that's having particular problems around the tummy area. They can do small or minor manipulations to the tummy. And generally, you see a physiotherapist if you have had quite an acute injury. Um, you need to know exactly what's happening. You need to know if you need to see a surgeon. Whereas a sports therapist, I would look to prevent an injury from occurring. Um, but I don't don't only treat, um, you know, from a sporting area. Um, it, it can be just, you know, any injury, doesn't matter how it's occurred, I can help you with that. Um, but yeah, the key difference is that a physio is is pretty much in a in a tall environment, whereas I can't work in a hospital environment, I'm not qualified to. And just relating to today's main podcast topic, what's it take to really pursue as a sport therapist from a sort of career journey perspective? I think that's, you, you have got to be quite a practical person, if I'm honest. You've got to be able to apply yourself. You've also got to be able to make a decision, Ed. But as a sports therapist, when you make a decision to sideline somebody, that decision has got to be 100% right for that person's treatment. Um, you know, I could, for instance, somebody to stop playing sports for four to six weeks, but not only one, you have also got to be able to develop a relationship with that client patient so that they trust you to go along on that that process of, of recovery. So decision making is excellent one. Um, but you've also got to be able to talk to people in a way that sometimes you can put 
a conversation across which sounds perfectly fine to you but to somebody else it could come across quite harsh because you're telling them in theory what to do so you've got to be able to to speak to people in an appropriate manner I find that you've got to be a people's person absolutely and there's one thing I find really interesting with regards to the work you're doing with the different type of clients because I know you work with sort of athletes and you're working with people who are staying active but also patients who are um, you know recovering from like a stroke which we mentioned before air and out of interest and you mentioned it already making the right decisions but with regards to the work you're doing how mindful do you need to be with regards to how you support them from like the first session because I assume that's very important to build that rapport building right from the get-go yeah absolutely Ed and something that's out to do with my clients is to be 100% honest and give them my honest professional opinion from the minute I see them so if their problem is you know massive or tiny it doesn't matter I tell them exactly how it's going to work what could go well what could go wrong, what to expect, that is how I work. Um, And if they're still obviously happy to work with me, which they all always are, then it's a very slow progress to, to, like you say, build a rapport so that that person trusts you. Because, yeah, I'm a sports therapist, but they've probably seen, you know, two or three other sports therapists that haven't helped them so far. Um, Why should they, why should they, you know, just give all of their trust and put um, all of their hope into me? you know, what can I do that's going to be so different? So it's quite a a fine line, actually, in in being, you know, a very much an open person with 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 my clients so that they feel they can talk to me and tell me absolutely everything. Um, Because sometimes, Ed, if you get a client that's particularly stressed, or they're uptight, because they've been in pain for a long time, which happens a lot, um, they're quite reluctant to give off information, they're quite rigid, Um, So I have to break down that barrier quite gradually and get them to open up to me. And once once you can do that as a therapist, you are doing quite well, um, I, I personally believe anyway. Well, the results are going to be better because that trust is there. Something I say to my students is everything about the sports industry, and you mentioned it already, it's building that sort of no like and trust because it is a people industry out of interest what career skills have supported you with regards to being a sports therapist and you mentioned a few already like communication so important but out of interest what other career skills have supported you looking back with the clients you're working with and also this career path you're doing in general you need to be able to listen and I know it sounds quite simple but when I say listen when somebody when your client is talking to you you need to really look at them just assess what what exactly is going on you know if they're jiffling around if they're a little bit unsettled you've got to look and assess why are they like that because if you can do that then you're already a step ahead with that client because you've already assessed them you can already tell them a little bit about what you feel is going on so just the ability to listen can actually set you afar um, or apart than than others um, or other therapists for instance that that sometimes are quite you know they, they rush an appointment um, it's it's often the ability just to listen which can set you apart so that is a key one also Ed you you've got to learn the ability to be patient and patient with clients that are not for instance progressing as quickly as we would like them to be they can get quite 
upset they can get cross they can get depressed they can get anxious um so you've got to have patience and listening is quite a key one but also you've got to be disciplined you've got to be able to make sure that you're on time for your clients and that's quite an overall one i know but you've got to make sure that you're on time that your client feels as if you're having they're having all of your time during that appointment don't have any outside work going on um you know if your phone's in the clinic room make sure it's on do not disturb you know just give give your client your whole whole time during the appointment um so they're not necessarily skills that can be taught i find um the, the 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 three that we've just spoken about there but they're skills that you you as a person can acquire certainly as you mature they're skills that you will take on board or you would learn that from shadowing um quite a, a you know a good therapist for instance in the industry i hope the people are listening because those three areas you've just spoken about can be applicable to any walks of life in any industry sector out of interest, what have you been up to recently? Um, more recently, we, well, I, because uh, it is only me, <laughs> um, I've been working with quite a diverse range of um, clients at the moment, which is really, really interesting because my job seems to, you know, it's very, very odd how it works because I can often have a month of just seeing clients with, say, a shoulder injury. It's it's always like shoulders and then the following month it'll be knees and then the following month backs. Um, whereas the last couple of months have been so diverse because I've been treating a client, as we spoke about earlier, that's had a stroke, um, which is fantastic for me. Um, I've also been treating a client that's post-cancer surgery. Um, so they had um, throat cancer and that part of their neck dissected which went up into their their neck muscles and shoulder muscles which which they lost a hell of a lot of movement um so that's very interesting and then also um clients that are, are, are you know suffering from problems pretty much through a mental health issue if i'm honest where there's not a lot wrong um muscular wise but they're holding a lot of tension which is causing spasms um because of of depression or anxiety for instance so very very interesting um um few months at the moment for me really out of interest really quickly what have you learned from those last couple of months to, to count your blessings every day i suppose that when you work with people like that it really does open your eyes and it teaches you a life lesson um, and that's to appreciate everything that you have if you don't already do that then do that um, and quite literally count your blessings because it doesn't matter what you've got I can assure you that there's somebody out there suffering from far worse. Absolutely and I can hear that through your voice just on a personal note relating to your career journey what have you enjoyed looking back with regards to being a sport therapist and to be honest you've, you've only literally just started this career from you know a longevity point of view you literally just started but looking back right now in this moment what have you enjoyed the most if I'm entirely honest I absolutely love it when my clients progress when they come into clinic and I ask them about a particular problem and they say do you know I've not even thought about it and I said, well, that's a good thing then, because it's obviously not affecting you as bad as it was when I saw you previously. Um, and it, it's having the ability, Ed, to work with such a range of people from diverse backgrounds. I see absolutely everybody. You know, I see people that that work um, quite high flying, intense jobs. I have clients that come from London to see me. And then I have clients that come, you know, from from Long Sutton or from Wibberton, Boston Way. Um, so it's, it's, it's the ability to work with such 
diverse range of of people it makes it so interesting because all of my clients are so varied with with their personalities but also with their conditions um which i love i love i thrive off i really do I can definitely hear the sound of the voice and actually when I, as I say to you, when I see the great work you're doing on Instagram, just to show people like myself the, with regards to the work you're doing, I find it really fascinating and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What three career tips would you give to university students who aspire to pursue a career as a sport therapist? Okay, so this is 100% honest answer the things that I found difficult or good when I was studying um, and the first one is don't give up <clears throat> excuse me the world of medicine is and and the anatomy really is pretty much wrote or written in Latin so a lot of the words are incredibly difficult to pronounce some of the words that relate to the body you know you think would be I don't know around the foot area but it's actually the shoulder for instance so Never, ever give up on learning all of the muscle um, words or technical parts to them because you will need it every single day. Um, And if you can learn them off by heart, absolutely fantastic because it makes it so much easier when you are doing your job or if you're referring a client on to a doctor or to um, an osteopath, etc., you need to know the the technical terms for muscles so that's an absolute key one and something I definitely struggled with Um, I was learning words that I couldn't even pronounce spell do anything with but now I use them every single day so invest the time to to learn those words Um, also whilst you are at university or studying and you do your one-to-one assessments with with a client or a patient ensure that you ask patients a question and wait and listen to their response and once they've given you a response don't just assume and presume something ask further you know go a little bit deeper into their response look at how they're talking to you get their 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 body language figure out how how far this problem of theirs has gone. Um, It will really, really help you when it comes to treating somebody. The third one, Ed, I would probably say is very, very important one. Watch how your patients or clients move from the minute you see them. So when you're having your assessment, this will give you a big, big heads up. From the minute you see that person, watch them walk. Watch how they take their jacket off. Watch how they put their shoes on or take their shoes off because it will give you some key key areas or um just just set you up a little bit in terms of knowing exactly what's going on before they've even spoken to you so nine times out of ten i can probably tell somebody what their problem is before they've even sat down because i've analyzed them getting out of their car walking to the clinic and sitting down i'm already pretty sure of what's going on no honestly i really do hope the listeners are really taking that all on board especially in this field of working in the sports industry out of interest Tilly how can people connect with you on social media so on social media I'm on Instagram which is how you and I both connected um so I love technology if I'm entirely honest for that reason um and on Instagram I'm just specialist sports therapy um that is all one word as well there's no gaps or anything like that so you can find me on there um and if you want to find me on Facebook you are specialist sports and relaxation therapy on there um and email address is tillymilverton@hotmail.com and that is pretty much me on the socials 
That is great. To all the listeners listening in, those three links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Tilly, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. What a really interesting podcast journey with Tilly. And I hope you've enjoyed that podcast as much as I have. And for me, it's quite refreshing. Quite recently, I've been doing a lot of sport business podcasts because it's very popular. But to get back to the roots, sort of relating to my sports degree and getting back to sort of the sports science world, it was really interesting to hear Tilly's story. And the biggest learning lesson I've learned from Tilly is her one, her real interest with regards to being a sport therapist and having that interest with regards to maximizing people's performance when they're recovering with regards to what the client is going through. Like that's one thing I admire the most in Tilly's work. But most of all, her attention to detail when working with her clients. That's the second point. Like when she was speaking about when getting a new client, for example, for the first time, It was really great to hear how her communication skills, the use of questioning, the power of listening, all these three things really make a difference when building that know, like and trust when working with anybody. But particularly in this area, what Tilly does, where it's all about solving a problem, more of a physical problem to solve. It can be mental related, like when you get an injury, you have the mental pain of coping with the pain and then you have the actual physical pain as well. And this line of work. I find really interesting and I really do hope that if you want to pursue a career in sports science I hope you take on board Tilly's career guidance tips because they're so applicable which you can take action today so really do that take ownership of your career today and make it happen now as always at the end of each interview I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker Tilly said you've got to be a great listener by applying yourself by making decisions because working in sports is a people person industry. 